Well, I'm thankful for our graduates and uh, the relationship I've had uh, the opportunity to build with so many of them, and, and we do care and believe in them, and, and they will be all right, moms. They will be all right, I promise. But as I was thinking about our graduates, and I, I felt like um, one of the things that many of them, whether they're graduating high school or graduating college, and the, the question that they're probably asking, and they've already asked or they will be asking, is kind of what now? Kind of what's the purpose of all of this? What, what's the purpose of my life? What am I going to do? Does my life really matter? Is there significance? How, how am I going to be used in the next phase of my life? And I know that's a question. I know it's a question that I asked as a high school student as I went off to school and then figuring out what I was going to do uh, in my life. But let me, let me let you in on a secret, uh, graduate, high school graduates, college graduates. Um, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. So for many of us as adults... We still wrestle with that, don't we? Oh, yes. like, what's my purpose in life? Does my life matter? Do I have significance? Is the daily decisions that I'm making, do they matter? Yeah. Am I impacting anyone or anything? And so I think it's this thing that we all kind of wrestle with and think about throughout our lives. And, and for many of you, and, and I know for me as a junior hire, you begin to wrestle with that and you feel insignificant and you don't like yourself. And, so you have these struggles, and so I think it's just this journey that we all are kind of on where we try and figure out the meaning of life. What's my purpose? And so as we enter into week two of this series, The Power of Re, uh, I want to look at the power of a repurpose, the power of repurpose. Uh, maybe you've gotten to a point in your life where you seem like that your life doesn't matter. Like you have no meaning or purpose. Some of you, I know this is the rhythm for many of you. You, you wake up in the morning, you kind of have the same time you get up every morning and you're kind of like a robot and you get your coffee and you make your breakfast. And if you have kids, you get them off to school and you go to work and you clock in and you kind of do the same routine every day at work and you go home and you, if you have kids, you pick up your kids, you prepare dinner, you get them in bed and then you veg out for a little while, right? You watch TV, you get on social media. You do something to relax and then you go to bed and then every day you do the same thing over and over. And for many of you, you get to this point where you're like, what? What's going on? What's the purpose to my life? Does any of this matter? Is this how we really want to live our lives? See, I don't think we set out to live our lives in a way where one day we hope we get to a point where we make uh, or we ask ourselves that question about our life having purpose. We don't initially, we don't intentionally set out and say, well, I hope when I'm older that I question the purpose for my life. We just eventually, somehow we find ourselves there. It's almost as if we get lost. And then we get there and we ask the question, how did I get here? Uh, about five years ago, my family went to uh, Florida on a vacation. We went to Orlando and uh, my son was one, my daughter was five and we went to Disney World, but you know, you're in Florida so we have to get to the beach. And so we look up the, the closest beach and it's Cocoa Beach, Florida. And so we're like, all right, we get all excited and we pack all of our stuff up. And you know, if you've ever been to the beach, that's a chore. And so we get everything together and we head off into Cocoa Beach. And we're not too far from Cocoa Beach and it sounds like it's starting to rain. And so I, you know, it's the beach and it's Florida, so that often happens. And so I kind of look out the window and there's hardly any clouds in the, the sky. I'm like, what in the world is going on? It sounds like it's raining and these things start hitting the, the windshield. And I realize that they're bugs. 
And these bugs are smashing into our windshield so much so I have to put my windshield wipers on, right? And I'm like, where are we right now, right? And so I do what anyone does who's kind of in this generation is we immediately get on our phones and start Googling bugs, Cocoa Beach, and we get to the beach and we realize that it's not one bug at a time that's hitting our window, but it's two. It's two. And they're called love bugs, Right? I don't know if you've ever seen these, but yes, they love each other. And, um, and so they fly around like this, and they will stay like this for days, which is no big deal until you have a five-year-old who's like, why are they stuck together like that? And you're like, I'm not sure. Ask your mom. And uh, we continue to, to, move, to move on. Uh, but but I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating when I'm saying that there's hundreds and thousands of these bugs flying around. And we get to the beach, and I open my door, and I get out, and they're just all over me. Right? And my daughter, who's five, is like, I'm scared. I don't want to get out. And so like a good dad, I was like, you're getting out of the car. We're at the beach. We're going to enjoy this. You're going to like this. And so I get all of our stuff out and I like run down to the beach and I set it up and then I run back and I get the kids and I run down to the beach and I get them there and we're miserable, Mis- but we're on the beach. Okay. Miserable. And then we try to eat lunch and they're everywhere. And, and we realized if we were in the water, the bugs left us, al- left us alone. But I remember, like it was yesterday, one moment looking at Heather and just asking the question, what are we doing? Yeah. Right? What, what is going, how did we end up here? We, we thought we were headed to the beach, it was going to be a beautiful day, and we ended up in a place that we did not want to be. Yeah. And I think that's how life works. Like we set a plan and we have goals and we have dreams for our life and things come up and things happen and we just kind of push through it or we act like it's not going on around us. But then eventually we kind of ask the question, what am I doing? What am I doing? Does my life have any significance? Does it have any purpose? And I think some of you are trying to answer that question. Some of you don't even realize that there's a purpose to your life and every decision that you make is pretty much a significant decision. See, I want to believe that all of us hope that our life is more than just what we do every day. I want to believe that that most of us hope there's something significant to our lives. That when we do things, when we say things, that actually impacts those around us. But if we don't have a vision for our life, if we don't have kind of a plan, if we don't know what the purpose is, then it's difficult to make those decisions. And oftentimes if we don't, it leaves us end up, it makes us feel lost, insignificant, empty, all these emotions that come from that because we don't know where we're headed. Well, in Proverbs 29, 18, uh, there's Bibles around you. We'd love for you to have those. Some of you are taking those and that's awesome. We're actually trying to figure out replacing Bibles. And so that's good. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. Uh, I'm going to read a scripture. It's going to sound a little different than what's in the Bible around you and probably what many of you bring. This is in the King James Version. I don't know if I've ever read anything from the King James Version uh, to you. Uh, the King James Version is just an older style of the Bible, a different language, same meaning, just a different language. But as I was thinking about this scripture, most of you, if you've heard this before, you've probably heard it in a King James Version. And some of you already know where I'm headed. Uh, but here's the scripture, Proverbs 29:18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, let me just say something. I think we often take this scripture out of context. Um, This is a scripture that businesses like to use and leaders like to use with people, Uh, but there's much more to it than the idea if no one's giving you vision, then people just kind of disappear or die or have no meaning to their life. There's something uh, much more significant if we look at the original language. 
uh, the vision here actually means direction from God. Where people have no direction from God. They're not concerned about the ways of God. Then they just cast off restraint. This word perish means they just cast off, cast off restraint. People just do what they want, when they want, how they want. So when we, when people don't have a vision or the ways of God in our life or direction of God in our life, then we kind of just do whatever we want. And that's what I think leads us oftentimes to a feeling of being hopeless, being lost, feeling insignificant of having no purpose. But what if our purpose could come from following Jesus? What if the purpose in our life could come from following Jesus? I don't know about you, but man, when I was little, I had all kinds of dreams and aspirations of what I wanted to do, of who I wanted to be, and, and you, you probably did as well. I was in my kid's school this week, and they have all these things hanging up, and I was walking the hallways and just looking at some things, and I saw this picture of my daughter. And the question is, what do you dream? What's your dreams? And she wrote, to become a pastor and help people live their dreams. Yeah. Allergies kicked up a little bit and uh, <laughs> dealt with it, and I was like, oh, that is... That's awesome. Like she hadn't really said those things to me and she hadn't talked about that. And this is hanging in her school. And so when I saw it, I went back and I began to talk to her and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. I'm so happy that that's what you want to do. And the most important part is you want to help other people live their dreams. And I think it's significant for her and for our kids and for our students and for our graduates and for you to begin to see that your life is not about you. That your life isn't just about what you get. Your life isn't just about how you succeed or if you're living well, but it's about something bigger than that. And so I was talking to Kennedy and she's like, well, I've already changed my mind. I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, now I want to be a second grade teacher. I'm like, okay, that, that's, that's good. But that happens, right? That happens where we, we, we have this idea of what life wants to look like. And, and honestly, and the sad part about this, the sad part about this for so many of us is something happens where we hit a certain age and we kind of grow up and the dreams that we had and what we thought God wanted to do in our lives or what we thought our lives would look like, somehow they just kind of go away. We, we quit dreaming. We quit believing that God could do something significant with our lives. We kind of just get into the flow of living life like everyone else. But, but what if it could be different? What if we fundamentally believed that we were created for something more? See, I think when we think about our, our purpose, it goes back to believing that we have purpose, right? You have to go all the way back to saying, well, if we're looking for purpose, we have to actually believe that there's purpose to our life, that we're not just existing, that we're not just floating around. And, and, and to be honest, there, there's some people here who I would say probably say, you know, I don't know if I believe in God and I'm really struggling and doubting. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Uh, one atheist uh, writer said this, unless you assume a God, the question of life's purpose is meaningless. Unless you assume a God, the question of life's purpose is meaningless. And when I read that quote by him this week, I thought, man, I, I think every one of us would say that our lives aren't meaningless. Yeah. I mean, there's something in every one of us that want to believe there's meaning to all of this. There's got to be more to all of that. And so if you're here today and you question, just, just let me say, there is meaning to your life. There's purpose to your life. You were created for a reason. Uh, there's this guy named Paul that, that writes a lot of what we read in the Bible. And I say this all the time because I think it's important for you to understand. Paul was a real person who wrote to a real group of people in a real time, in a real 
way. This isn't just folklore. This isn't just made up. This is actually a, a follower of Jesus who was writing to other Christians. And this is what he says in Colossians 1.16. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. All things. All You. You were created by God and for him. Created by God and for God. And so our lives have been created to glorify God. Now, many of us don't know that or understand that. That our lives are actually about giving glory to who God is and what God has done. And so as I say that, as I tell you that you were created by God and for God, some of you will immediately go to a place of, man, well, I've not been living that way. And you might begin to even question, could that still be for me? Could I still be created for God because of some of the decisions that I've made in my past, because of my experiences? Maybe it's the struggles that you're going through right now. Maybe it's addictions, it's bad habits. Maybe it's whatever current situation you've found yourself in. Maybe something's going on in that situation. You think, man, there's no way that I'm created for God or by God. There's no way I could have purpose to my life because of what I've been doing I, mean, I don't know if you ever felt like it's too late, that you've missed it, that you're too far gone. Uh, a few years ago, um, this trend of creating things with palettes kind of took off. And uh, I jumped in in the beginning and I was loving picking up broken palettes and palettes that had been thrown to the side. They had at some point served a purpose and an important purpose, but someone decided that it was over for that palette and it was thrown to the side. And, and so I would go and I would just go and pick up palettes and I would rip them apart and I would begin to build things. And so I've built signs and I've uh, built uh, small tables and different things using old, broken pallet wood. Uh, Justin Bronder, who grew up in our youth group, grew up at church here and uh, was our interim youth pastor for a little while, he built this. Uh, it's actually the top of a table um, using old, broken boards. Stained it and it really has created a beautiful piece um, that's in my, in my office. And so this is what I want you to see today, that you may see your life as broken, as meaningless, of having no purpose, of being thrown out, but, but man, the God who created you says that there's a reason for your life. And so as these boards have been repurposed, for, for many of you, I hope that today is a moment where you're like, okay, I, I want that to be for my life, that there's a repurpose for my life, and that we align ourselves up with who God is and what he is doing Paul talks about this in a letter to a group uh, in Ephesus. Um, when, he, when he talks about uh, purpose, we often, especially if you're a Christian or if you've been around in the church very long, you hear someone say or you've heard someone say or you read in the Bible, the will of God. Maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you're new to church world, but that's one of those sayings that we often talk about. What's the will of God? What is God's will for my life? And the will of God, the Lord's will, is really just the pur what is the purpose of God? What is God wishing to be done by us? That is the will of, of God. And so for many people, the question is always, well, what's the will of God for me? What is the will of God for me? And so Paul says this in Ephesians 5, 8 through 17. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. 
and find out what pleases the Lord. Just time out for a second. The, the first step in this as we think about what's the will of God for us, this is a great place to start. What, what is it that I'm doing that pleases God? If there's things in my life that are not pleasing to God, then that's probably not falling underneath the will of God. So find out what pleases the Lord and we do it. Verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedience do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. So find out what pleases God and then make the most of every opportunity that we have. I gotta be honest, as I think about my daughter and who's 10, and then I see these students who walk across the stage and then you hear this song that Greg plays, uh, there's something in me where like, oh man, I gotta make the most of every opportunity I have with my kids. I, I gotta make the most of every opportunity that I have with my wife. Many of us live life, and this isn't, this isn't news to you. Many of us live life in the idea of, well, in the future I will. I'll get to that tomorrow. And sometimes we do meaningless acts and put off the things that are most important because yes. we think that we'll eventually get to that. And, and Paul is saying here, find out what pleases God, do that. Make the most of every opportunity. Let me just say something just kind of in my own thoughts and what I've experienced for myself. And this, this will apply to only maybe some of you. Um, but, but I think that screens, so tablets, cell phones, computers, are having a massive impact on our lives. Like they have a huge, tremendous, really good impact and they allow us to do a lot of great things. But I think they're really hurting people. I think they're hurting us relationally. And I don't know if you ever noticed, next time you go somewhere where there's a lot of kids, just look around for a few minutes. Look around and see how many people are, are staring at their screen. They're not interacting with their kids at, at all. And so I'm not a perfect dad. I make mistakes. There's times I jump on my phone when I'm with my kids for sure. But we kind of have a rule in our house at meals. And when we're together as a family, we just disengage from our cell phones. Yeah. Right? And so would you just be aware of that? Like make the most of every opportunity that you have with the people around you. Like people are what are most important, real people. <laughs> not, not people on the other side of the screen somewhere, real people. And so we have to begin to make the most of every opportunity because the days, as he says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. But understand what the Lord's will is. Now, it, it feels like it stops. Like, it almost feels like, like, all right, well, what is it? Well, tell me what the Lord's will is. And I think he began to, lie, to lay it out here for us. You figure out what pleases God, then you do it. You make the most of every opportunity. And that is doing the Lord's will. But for many people, let me talk to those who maybe have been in the church for a long time. I know for myself, I was completely terrified when I would hear people talk about the Lord's will for my life. Because every decision I made, I was like, oh gosh, am I making the wrong decision? 
right? If God has one thing for me to do, if I don't do it, am I going to ruin my life? And if I'm outside of God's will in that moment, then am I going to impact everyone else I come in contact with? I was terrified. I was terrified. Am I going to choose the wrong school? Am I going to choose the wrong major? Am I going to ever find the one? Have you ever thought about that? Like the thing, I got to find the one. If I don't find the one and I take the wrong one, then I'm going to mess up someone else who was supposed to find that one as their one, right? This is my brain. I just begin to overanalyze and I begin to think, man, if God has this, just this one thing for me, what if I miss it? What if I miss it? And so here's what I believe as I look at the scriptures and I look at what God says to us and I read what Paul writes. When we try to find the particulars of God's will for our lives, it will often be paralyzing. When we try and figure out God's will, it can often be paralyzing. But what if God wasn't so concerned with the particulars? What if God wasn't so concerned with the particulars as he was the principles in which he wants us to live by? What, what if it wasn't just the particulars? Do I step here or do I not step here? Do I eat this or do I not eat this? Do I go to that school or do I not go to that school? We, we, we look for all these particulars and then we begin to worry and question and become anxious. But what if we begin to see the will of God is more about principles than particulars? Colossians 3.17. Paul says this to a group of Christians. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe yourselves or put on daily. So clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And this is a big one, verse 17. And whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. What if you begin to see the will of God being these principles that he's wanting to live out, that we clothe ourselves with kindness. See, I don't think we have to ask God, is that the will of God that I'm kind to people? I don't think we have to ask ourselves, is it the will of God that I forgive this person? It is. It is. And then at the end to just say, whatever you do, whatever it is that you do, may you do it in a way that gives thanks to God the Father through him and do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus what if we could begin to see that this is the will of God? So as we think about repurpose, it isn't necessarily about changing jobs. So for many of us, as you think about purpose to your life, you might begin to question, well, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? And I don't know. And I'm not saying you don't seek wisdom, you don't seek godly counsel, but, but what if where you are right now, you can begin to be living out the will of God and how you treat people, how you do your job, the way you speak to one another, the way you speak about God, that could be doing the will of God. That could be your purpose. You begin to ask the why and you answer the why. Why do you show up week after week where you work? Why do you get up every morning as a stay-at-home mom or dad and pour into your kids the way you do? Why do you do those things? 
So whether it's in sales or manual labor, or you work in an office, or you're a teacher, you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're an accountant, you're a nurse, we go down the list. Why do you do that? Is it a paycheck? I mean, that's part of it. But, but what if you could begin to see that and say, all right, I have purpose to what I'm doing here and now. And whatever I do today, I want it to please God. That I want to make the most of every opportunity, every conversation that I have. I want to make the most of that. And whatever I do today, God, may be pleasing to you. And may I do it in the name of Jesus. So two quick things that I think we have to do coming out of that. Two things, if you write notes, you may want to write down. The first thing is God's purpose for our lives is more present than future. God's purpose for our lives is more present than future. As we think about his will, as we think about having purpose, most of us begin to ask the question, when God? When God will you provide the right job? When God will you provide? When God, when? When God, when? Right? So we begin to think in the future that one day I'll be living out the will of God. But, but then what if God does provide the right person and you're the wrong person? What, what if God does provide the opportunity for the right job, but you're the wrong person for that job because you haven't been working on the principles of living out the ways of Jesus? I think how we're living is more important um, than when we get somewhere or when we get something. So it's why more than what, why we do it. There's a story about Billy Graham, a fav, uh, famous uh, evangelist who's preached to millions of people, and there's a story about him being somewhere, and he gives money to uh, an offering. As he pulls uh, money out of his pocket, he thinks he's pulling out a $5 bill, and he puts it in the offering. As when he lets it go, he realizes it's a 50. Now, at that point, you can't pull, pull it out, and so he, uh, he lets it go, and he's explaining to his wife later, and he says, look, I meant to give five. I gave 50, but it's good to know that I'll reap a blessing of the $50. And his wife says, oh, no, 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 you'll reap the, ble the blessing of the $5 that you meant to give, not the $50, right? And so as we begin to think about what we're doing and, and, and why we're doing it, the why is so much more important than the what. The why is so much more important than the what. And so as we think about purpose for our life, is it not just purpose in the future, but purpose for today? Why are we doing what we're doing? The second thing is God's purpose for our lives is more about a person than a place. God's will and purpose for our lives is more about a person than a place. The instruction that we hear throughout the Bible is how we're supposed to love him and love people. And so oftentimes what you do for a living is a tool to make that happen. It's a tool to make that happen. So how can we love God in what we're doing? How can we love people in what we're doing? So I think many pe times people have seen God more as a tour guide. Just seen him as a tour guide. Show me where to go. Tell me how to do it. And, and not necessarily as someone that we seek this relationship with, this life-altering relationship with. St. Augustine, a theologian, said, love God and do as you please. Love God and do as you please. And what I think he means by that is when you truly love God, what you please to do is to bring honor and to glorify him. So you love God and then you, you live your life. And in living your life, you'll be serving a purpose if you truly love God. And so moving forward, uh, you have to begin to ask yourself some questions. If you are a follower of Jesus, how is your relationship with God impacting the daily decisions you're making? 
Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about necessarily what you eat or what you don't eat, but, but I, I'm saying how you interact with people, what you do for a living, how you work at your job. Is your everyday life, is your everyday life glorifying God and who he is? Now, some of you might be here today and you might be saying, look, I've been looking for purpose for my life uh, forever. And you may not realize that, that God is the one, as I said before, that has created you. He created you for him and by him and in for him. And so maybe today would be a step where you would say, look, I want to begin that. I want to seek forgiveness for the things that I've done wrong. We've all done wrong. We seek that forgiveness. And then we begin to say, look, I want to submit my ways to the ways of God. So let me, let me say this. When you think about the will of God, begin to think about the ways of God. So what is God's will for me in this? Well, what are God's ways? What are his instructions to us? And for many of us, we don't always know those because we aren't necessarily pursuing what God says about certain things. So as I talked about last week, would you begin to investigate and read the Bible for yourself? Read Matthew. What, what does Jesus say about the way we're supposed to interact with people and love people? What, what does it say about how life is not about us? So you begin to pursue that for yourself. And I promise, I promise as we get past the particulars of God's will, will find the principles of God's will. And in doing this, that will determine our purpose. You have purpose to your life. Your life isn't meaningless. It's not on accident. You were created for a purpose. And for some of you, you may have seen your life in a way where you're like, I'm too far gone. I've messed up too much. You haven't. Your marriage isn't over. Your relationship with your kids is not over. The way you work is not how it has to be. It could be different. And so begin to see your life with the opportunity to find repurpose. Would you pray with me? God, thanks for today. Thanks for an opportunity to, to see that you have created us. May we find hope in that. May we find meaning in that. Uh, Lord, would you help me to figure out what pleases you and do that? And then, God, I don't want to waste a day. I don't want to waste a day. So would I every day make the most of every opportunity that I have? Would you help my friends here as we wake up tomorrow to say we're gonna make the most of every opportunity that we have today. God, thanks for creating us, for loving us, for not walking away, but you're in the midst of us even today. I pray for our students as they think about what's next, that they would begin to pursue your will and pursuing your will, it wouldn't be the particulars, but the principles of what it means to follow you. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Love you guys, see you next week.